Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. Tech Guide. Well, without a doubt, the biggest tech story of the week. Tech Guide. It's a very competitive market, the smartphone market. Keeping you updated and educated. This is a device that combines a tablet, a laptop, and a sketch pad. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. This is the future. Wireless earphones. Tech Guide. What you see is what you get. Quality is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide, episode 276. Hello and welcome to the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading once again. And first-time listeners, I'm talking to you. We're glad you found us, and we hope you become a regular listener. We hope you enjoy the show. My name is Stephen Fennick, and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. This week, another delay for the NBN, but apparently it's for our own good. Apple opens up its doors to a new style of store, and we take a look at a snapshot of our online dating habits and it ain't all pretty. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the products that can help you get a better night's sleep. D-Link's got a new Cobra modem router, and Samsung's just launched a new Galaxy Tab A 8.0 tablet. And we're going to finish up, as we always do, with an interesting Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. We've got a huge show planned for you, so we're just going to dive straight in. Well, the NBN is in the news once again, and I think it's come down to a point now where with the NBN, they're kind of damned if they do, damned if they don't. There's people, we seem to highlight the complaints and when they seem to be doing something about it, it's seen as a delay, and everybody's just wants to take the the worst possible, the negative approach to the whole thing. Well, today the NBN threw another log on the fire and actually halted the rollout of the HFC cable network. So, for those of you who have maybe already converted, there's roughly three million of the 8 million homes in Australia that are going to be serviced by the HFC cable network. And I'm talking, if you're a Telstra cable customer, that's the cable we're talking about. Uh, Other pay TV cables is what we're calling them. Now, what they've done, they've already connected apparently about 370,000 homes. And there has been a number of complaints, connection issues. The experience uh, is not what it should be. Now, the NBN, which I think have taken the positive move of rather than keep progressing with the rollout and connecting more and more homes, they're going to stop, take stock of what they've already connected. So the HFC connection, HFC, by the way, is short for hybrid fiber coaxial. So they're going to look at all the HFC connections they've already made because uh, they've had a, a number of complaints, and not not a massive thousands of thousands, but enough to be of concern. So they're going to take a look at that, at the existing connections. They're going to do a little bit of field work, and in their statement they said they're going to do things like, uh, well, they're going to do network testing, of course, advanced network testing, repairs where they're needed, along with wholesale connector replacements, signal amplification calibration, 
and other lead-in work. Now, that is what was written in the NBN press release today. So they are taking some time to ensure that the houses already connected, and there's, as I said, more than 370,000 of them, uh, they're going to take a look at those and see where they went wrong, see if there is a problem. I know a lot of people with HFC connections that that had HFC and now being converted to the NBN and are happy as Larry. They're very happy with the connection. Others, of course, have complained, and that's the reason why the NBN is putting the brakes on the rollout. So what does this mean if you were due to have your connection through a HFC cable? Well, they're talking a delay of up to nine months. So we've waited this long. Uh, it could be nine months longer. What I'd suggest people do if you are in a HFC serviced area, so if you are going to be served with the HFC for the NBN, hop on the website. It may not be updated already, but it is. Uh, you can type in your address and get some idea on when the connection is going to roll out. Now, in my case, I'm uh, currently using HFC, but it's not Telstra HFC. It's Optus HFC. And I've already been told, I already know that they are scrapping the Optus HFC cable. So the, the HFC cable, which which today I can still, I can get already 100 megabits per second down, but only not even one megabit per second up, which is rubbish. But I'm already getting that kind of speed. And they've declared that HFC cable is not up to NBN standard. So in its place, I'm getting fiber to the curb. So in place of the the HFC cable, the Optus HFC cable, they're going to run fiber along the footpath to the telecom pit outside my home. And then the copper line will bring it into my home. So the, the existing copper line. We'll bring it the rest of the way. Hopefully, I'm not going to get any kind of speed decrease because I will be signing up to the 100 up, 40 down. I should say, sorry, 100 down, 40 up. Uh, I will be signing up to the highest plan. So I'm hoping that I won't lose speed, but I'm looking forward to gaining that upload speed, which is uh, just re- makes some things a little difficult with such a poor upload speed and has been that way. All Optus cable customers will tell you the same thing. It has been... Shambolic, the whole thing, the upload speeds are terrible. But this delay, though, I think uh, I, I think it's a positive step. Oh, good to see that they're going to actually step back, get it right, and then roll it out. Because imagine if they had just gone ahead and just all care, no responsibility, just connect it all, connect, 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 and then down the track all the outcry of, this, of the HFC lines not working as they should, the connection not being as fast as they promised. Then there would have been hell to pay. I think... The, the slack, the, the flack, I should say, that they copped in the press today uh, was, was I think, mild compared to what they would have copped if down the track, the HFC, that they would have connected the 3 million homes and that would have been rubbish. But good to see that they are taking some uh, a, a proactive step here. Sort of, the, they say prevention is better than a cure. And so that's what the NBN is hoping to do here, is hoping the, that the HFC lines are operating, the connections are operating just as they should. Let us know if you are affected. We'd love to hear from you. You can uh, send me an email, info at techguide.com.au. Better still, send me a voice bite. So if you download the Voice Byte app, it's free on iOS and Android, and that's voice spelt with a B-Y-T at the end, Voice Byte. You can record your 15-second comment, 
hashtag tech guide in the clip title, slide to broadcast, and I will get that audio and play it on this podcast. So download the app. It is free, and you can have your say. Once you've got that on your phone, it'll take you 20 seconds to record something that I will play on the Tech Guide podcast, whether it's a question, a complaint, a, a little mini review of a product you love or hate. Let me know. We will play them on the Tech Guide podcast. Or you can tweet me at Stephen Fennec, and that's Stephen spelled with a PH. You can also record a voice bite and also share it to Twitter as well. So your followers can hear your voice as they would on the Tech Guide podcast when I play your voice bite on the show. You want to read more about the NBN situation? You can find it at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Now, I took a little trip to Melbourne uh, late last week. I was there Thursday, flew in Thursday night, and Friday morning was uh, a guest of Apple uh, at the unveiling, the opening of the new Chadston store. Now, in the uh, Chadston Shopping Centre, it is a monstrous shopping centre, by the way, the existing Apple store shut its doors at 9pm on Thursday night, and in the meantime, the new store was being built and, and made ready. And then first thing on the 24th of November, which was the Friday, the new Apple store was opened, and I was lucky enough to be there. And so it was a seamless little shift from the old store. And then already at 9 o'clock in the morning, the old store was all boarded up with directions to where the new store was. The new store was three times bigger than the old store. The Chadston store in Melbourne is one of the oldest Apple stores in Australia. It opened its doors in 2008. It had 69 employees. And now the new store, which is about 100 metres away in the same centre, uh, has more than, uh, I think it's got 260 employees now. So how's that for growth? Uh, it is three times bigger, as I mentioned. But the, the new store in Chadston is actually Apple's first of its, what I call its new style of stores. And I describe the Apple store as like another Apple product. It is always being uh, looked at and evolving and redesigned and it's popular. So it, it is kind of up there with the iPhone, the iPad, the Apple Watch and Macs and MacBooks. It, it's like another massive product. And, and one of the most important products because it's the product that sells you the Apple product. So it was very important for Apple to get this right, and d did they ever? I think the uh, the new Chadston store, quite a vibrant space, uh, three times bigger than the old store, as I mentioned. Massive doors. There are the, the doors are 4.2 metres tall. They're bronze pivot doors. So when you open one, they all open. So the, the doors tilt inwards, and so the, the passageways open right up. Uh, at the back of the store is a skylight, and below that is a new area called the Forum. So the Forum has got all these wooden seats and, and leather balls and, and little leather stools where you can sit down and enjoy a session, a Today at Apple session. I think the day that uh, they opened, they, they had a little session about how to edit your photos on your iPhone. And there was a lot of people listening. The demonstration that the the Apple uh, uh, employee's screen was was up on the this six K video wall, massive video wall behind him, so we could see his screen as he was uh, showing people how to do, make the edits on their photos on their iPhone. And all this useful information. There's going to be hundreds of sessions 
the Today at Apple sessions and a really lovely place for, for you to go learn something. It's all free. So you're there. You can, you can learn something. The Genius Bar, there is no more bar anymore. It's called the Genius Grove. Now, the reason it's called the Genius Grove is because there are naturally occurring, well, natural to the area, the flash ficus trees, which are native to indigenous to Australia, uh, sit up the back of the store. There's uh, six. There's three on either side. They are, they're sitting in these massive pots, which are ringed with a leather seat. So... The Genius Grove now is where if you've got a problem with your Mac or any product, any Apple product, you rock up, sit beneath this lovely tree uh, below a beautiful skylight, and it is then where you confer with a genius and they'll help solve your issues if you're, if you're having issues and they'll help get your stuff working as it should be in the, in the Genius Grove. So what we've got also... And when you walk in the store, it still looks pretty similar. You've got the, the timber, the wooden tables, all the products. So all the products are out on the floor. You've got your, your iPhones and iPads and MacBooks and iMacs and Apple TV, Apple Watch. All of them are out on the tables. Now, on either side of the store are what they call the avenues. And here is where they display things like headphones, cases, other devices like smart devices that work with Apple products. So made made for HomeKit and working with Apple and all that sort of stuff. There's also uh, approved uh, uh, creative arts pros that uh, Apple experts, say in the creative arts, so they'll offer expertise on photography or art or whatever they happen to be in, and they can give you then advice on the accessories. So there's this curated collection of third-party accessories in the avenues as well. So what you see on the sides of the store, in the avenues, work with naturally the Apple products that are in the middle of the store. Now, this all comes together and creates a, a really nice environment in the store, creates a real community vibe. And I think that's what that's what Apple's where Apple has their success because there's no hard sell there. People walk in there, they can they can check their emails, they can use the products. No, no one's putting it on them to buy anything. But they do get that vibe where they're learning things and there's all these cool products around and uh, a, a sale is the result of that. And and that this this is this follows on from this is Apple's new style of store. The first one that I saw was introduced in Union Square in San Francisco, sort of one of the flagship stores down in the US. And it was the first to introduce the forum and the, the Genius Grove and those other features. But there's a new feature in the Chatston store that I hadn't seen before, and it's called the boardroom. And this is, as its name suggests, a, a, a separate room off the store, the, the shop floor, in this back room area. And there's a long table and a TV and lounge chairs. It, it does look like a boardroom. And either the, the walls are adorned with uh, lovely sketches and etchings of Apple Park. And there are, there is a number of uh, wooden drawers on either side that I'm sure for people, it's designed for business customers, entrepreneurs, developers, but I'm sure those drawers opened up and they can touch and feel all the Apple products and see how they all work together. That's the boardroom. That, that's another new feature uh, that's, in, that's uh, at the Chadston store. But there are, as I said, 240 employees, including seven original staff members. So seven people have been working there since September the 13th, 2008, when it first opened. They've had through the door 12.5 million customers. That's about 3,500 customers a day. And globally, 
Apple stores, 500 million people visit Apple stores each year. Now, Tim Cook really described the new look and feel. Here's what he said, and I'm quoting. Apple retail has always been more about more than selling. It's about learning, inspiring, and connecting with people. And that's exactly what they've done. The, the Apple, the Today at Apple sessions empower users to get more out of their existing products. If, if they don't have an Apple product, it, it will really encourage them to buy one. Not, not the employees, but the, the, the sheer learning and the knowledge imparted would inspire people to, yeah, I could do that. I want to do that. I'm going to buy an iPhone or I'm going to buy an iPad or a MacBook. And, and that's what it's all about. There's no hard sell there. And Apple's a successful company because the products speak for, the, speak for themselves. No one really needs to twist the customer's arms to buy their products because they're doing it anyway. And this store really comes together nicely to offer the best that the company uh, in terms of products and service. And that's, what, that's another important part. There's a lot of service that you get. Uh, the, the sheer number of employees, like employees to customers, uh, there's a, you always find a red shirt in the store that can help you. The, the, you go to other retailers, walk into a department store, you could probably fire a cannon and not hit anybody, let alone staff members. Uh, and that, that's, that's a, the, the real fall down of, of the downfall, I should say, of, of bricks and mortar stores. The one advantage they had over online stores is service, offering great service. You don't get that online. You think that the bricks and mortar stores, these big stores, would go out of their way to provide great service. That's exactly what Apple's doing, not only in the Chatson store, but around the world, and that's why they've been so successful. If you want to check out the video that we shot at the opening, uh, we were there for the doors swinging open for the first time, as well as our collection of photos, so you can see for yourself uh, how, how the store's been laid out and designed. You can see all of that at techguide.com.au. Well, raise your hand if you have ever used an online dating service or a dating app. Now, according to the research that was unveiled by YouGov, this is an international data and analytics group, 91% of you should have your hand in the air. Can you believe it? 91% of Australians have tried internet or app an app for dating. Remarkable. And it was something years ago, internet dating, it, it used to be frowned upon. Not frowned upon, it was kind of not, not, not the normal thing to do. So if you if you met on the internet, I think people would, would think you're, you're freaks and you, you're not doing things how they should be. Well, hasn't that changed today where nearly, nearly half of, of the couples that we meet, uh, millennials, for example, half of the people they know uh, met their partner online or through a dating app which is, is, is incredible. The research uh, from YouGov revealed 35% of Aussies have tried their hand using internet or online dating apps. Uh, some have tried both, hence that other big number. So the in, this is international data. So 35% have done, have done some kind of internet dating, but the figure that I mentioned earlier is uh, the app an internet dating app has been tried by 91% of Australians. So 35% have either used the web or a dating app. 91% have used just the app. So it's a pretty remarkable number. So the research, though, finds it shows that all the different age groups, like millennials, 
they they're kind of this is this is part of what what they what they think's normal. Internet dating has been something that they've always known and something that they accept. But over the years, hasn't the attitudes changed? Like seventy today, seventy four percent of Australians wouldn't think any different of a couple that they knew met online. Whereas years ago, well, the, the, the people would say, "Oh, you met on, on the internet," and, and kind of look at look at you a little bit funny. But that's all changed now, especially since the rise of uh, dating services like RSVP, eHarmony, uh, and of course Tinder and these other apps. And it's really changed the landscape. 53% of people I mentioned earlier know at least one couple who've met on the internet today. Now, among millennials, so the younger, our younger listeners, that figure rises to 62%. But for baby boomers, that number drops to 43%, which is still high. So a baby boomer, 43% of the people they know have met online. So that, that, that's, that's incredible, the growth of online internet dating and when you think about it it is it is probably a better way to match someone who shares your interests so before before the internet you you, you just meet people and hopefully have things in common and go from there well here before you meet people you can be sorted in those areas so that you do, you do have a better chance of a match. They've got all these kinds of algorithms going on to match people with your likes and movies you like and activities you like and share your values and things like that. So it can get quite scientific. And there, are, there has been a lot of success. Uh, in, in the US, they're saying that a million people uh, online dating has has uh, a million like those internet services like eHarmony, RSVP. They're claiming that they've, they've had millions of people marry. Since since uh, since the whole the whole internet internet dating took off, online dating is worth two point two billion dollars in the U.S. alone. Can you believe that? Tinder as well, and Tinder I'll talk about in a minute. They boast twenty six million matches per day. Now, anyone who's used Tinder or even heard about Tinder knows that it is a very popular app. But you swipe left, you swipe right. If you like them, don't like them. And so it is sort of based on trying to match your interests. But let's face it, its reputation is uh, one of a, a hookup site. So while it's popular, uh, the people who have tried it, it does have a less enviable reputation. It, it's, its reputation is more of a hookup site rather than a site where you're going to find your true love, which is kind of the that, – that's, that's what – eHarmony, RSVP, sites like that. They're the ones who are sort of coming from the side where we've done a lot more homework for for you to find a perfect match rather than Tinder, which is kind of just rating people on their looks and hoping they're in your area and hoping they want to chat to you. So it does have that reputation as being a, a bit of a hookup site for good reason because that's what people do. But the uh, the online dating services like RSVP, eHarmony, there's many, many more. Uh, elite singles, uh, so many of them. They are not only well-known, but also uh, respected. 
So I've got it on on our Tech Guide site, on our story. You can see how the scale moves around a little bit uh, when you're talking about both fame and respectability. There is Tinder's obviously very famous, but its reputation is probably not as uh, doesn't score as high a score. It doesn't have as high a score as its fame, and uh, it, 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 also the the level of embarrassment. There's a there's a graph there showing millennials most embarrassed by internet dating. It shows the uh, the percentage of them who would be in, embarrassed to say to tell people that they met their their partner online or through a dating app. It's a complicated world out there if you're in the dating game and uh, our online dating habits, there's a, a lot to digest there. And as I said, it's not all pretty, but it has been a, an interesting snapshot, though, of what, what we're doing, how we are finding our true loves, our soulmates, our partners, or our hookups. It's uh, There's something there for everyone. If you want to read more about that story, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Public Wi-Fi isn't always safe. We think it is. It's convenient, but there is a risk. Without the right protection, your personal information could become public. The recent Cracks Wi-Fi vulnerability is a great example of this. This group of vulnerabilities means attackers could intercept your data transmitted across a Wi-Fi network. Personal information that's transmitted over the internet or stored on your connected devices like passwords, credit cards and more could become vulnerable. Now, all this personal information can be used towards committing identity theft like and accessing your bank accounts without your knowledge. The team at Norton are dedicated to helping you keep your valuable data safe. Norton Wi-Fi privacy encrypts the personal information you send and receive on public Wi-Fis to help keep it private wherever you want to log on. This is a really important thing because we're about to go on holidays and people are going to take their devices and their laptops and think, great, we've got a, our, our Wi-Fi in our hotel or at the airport, we can use it. Well, these are the exact networks where you're at risk. Help protect your information with Norton Wi-Fi privacy. To find out more, visit au.norton.com. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennett. First up, we're going to take a look at AH Beard's new range of tech products to help you get a better night's sleep. Now, why does the name AH Beard, why does that sound familiar? I'll tell you why, because they are bedding specialists. They're a massive Aussie company making their, their mattresses in a Sydney suburb, the Sydney suburb of Padstow, to be precise, shipping them all around the world. They've been around for more than 100 years. Uh, it's a family-owned business. And they're making great, they're having a great business exporting all around the world, US, China, you name it. And they've expanded their product range. They know that uh, a bed is obviously something we need and something to help you get a great night's sleep. But they've gone a step further and released these new tech products that can get, that can allow you to gain insights into your sleep habits and use that information to help you get a better night's sleep. Now, there's three products in the range that they're talking about, uh, that we're talking about today. And first of all, I think we should talk about the importance of sleep. Apparently, 40% of Australians don't get enough sleep. Now, sleep is one of the three pillars of uh, our health and well-being, one of them being our nutrition, the second being our exercise, 
And the third pillar is sleep. Sleep experts have said that along with exercise and nutrition, these all need to work together because lack of sleep can affect how we think, how we learn, could affect our moods, our behaviors, and even our weight, and could even have long-term health health effects. So sleep is critically important. We need to get more of it. We need to get better quality sleep as well. So not only is it the length of sleep, it's the quality of sleep that we need to look out for. So what AHB has done, they've created the AHB Sleep Tracker app. And, and what works with that app are three products. The first one is the AHB Rest On Sleep Tracker. Now, this fits. This is a non-wearable strap. Non, the 86% of people that AHB researched, they spoke to, 86% don't want to wear something to bed. They don't want to have a, a strap or a watch. They don't, they don't like wearables when they're sleeping. So the AHB Rest On Sleep Tracker is a non-wearable strap. Slides into your compatible AHB mattress or can just be placed under your sheet. And it monitors your sleep cycle. So it knows your heart rate, your respiratory rate, your body movements with up to 96% accuracy. So that data is then fed into the app so that you uh, that, that data is analyzed and what you get is a sleep score. So we all know how many people have got fitness trackers, uh, step counters, all these wearables, and they know I've got to get to 10,000 steps. I've got to do this. And we're very conscious of that. But yet with our sleep, we don't have that same accountability. But what this sleep to what this sleep tracker app lets you do is get your sleep score. So you know the quality of your sleep, you'll be rated with a score. And the goal, of course, for the person is to get a higher score the next day. To you know, you might have wake up you know, seven hours sleep, slept great, you might have had a score of seventy two you might want to try for an 80 the next day. You might want to go to bed an hour earlier or maybe drink less coffee during the day. That's the beauty of this information. It, it then gives you suggestions. It gives you advice on how to improve your sleep. It's not just a bunch of numbers. It gives you advice based on that information to see how you can improve. Now, the next product is the AHB Nox Smart Sleep Light. This goes beside your bed and can generate more than 16 million different colors, including colors that helps your body produce more melatonin. This is your natural sleeping tablet, a natural sleep hormone. So it can help you, it can help you fall asleep and also help you wake up, but not just with a blaring alarm, it wakes you up with light as well. So what it does is simulates the changing colors of, of the sunrise. So it takes about four minutes from going to starting to brighten up to fully bright to wake you up with light. And because the Nox Smart Light, the sleep light, is connected via Bluetooth to the sleep, the rest on sleep tracker, it knows exactly what type of sleep cycle you're in. So within a 30-minute window of the time you've set to wake up, it will know what, when you're in a light sleep cycle and then nudge you from that sleep rather than wrenching you from a deep sleep cycle. It'll wait till you're, light, you're sleeping lightly and then turn on the light and give you that sunrise simulation to wake you up. So you feel you wake up a little bit more refreshed rather than being wrenched out of a deep sleep, which could leave you feeling a little bit drowsy and, and dazed a little bit. So uh, this, this drags you out of a lighter sleep cycle. 
The third product is the Sleep Dot Mini Sleep Tracker. So it's like a button-shaped product, goes onto your pillow, can also track your movement, your sleep quality, and that information too is received through the ABH, the AHB, I should say, Sleep Tracker app. So uh, these are three products that work together well. The uh, the Sleep Tracker, the Dot Mini is 59 bucks. The Knox Smart Sleep Lights, 249 bucks, And the Rest On Sleep Tracker, $229. So if you do love your sleep and want to keep having a lovely sleep, you want to maintain your sleep or improve your sleep, there's, uh, there's the product. These products can certainly help you. If you want to check them all out, you can see them at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Now, how important is a fast internet connection in your house? It is so important. I think people would would go without, would rather go without food than going without the internet. That is how how much we need the internet. And D-Link has come up with a new modem router. It's called the Cobra. It's a follow-up to the Taipan. Remember the Taipan? Now they've gone up. The next model is the D-Link Cobra, the modem router. It's actually the model number is DSL 5300. Now this is a built-in VDSL. It's got a built-in VDSL 2 and ADSL 2 plus modem. So this means that it is uh, is works with the NBN. So whether you've got the NBN or getting the NBN, this is your connection because it does use VDSL2, which is the NBN technology. It also creates a wireless network as well. So don't forget it does create uh, a solid Wi-Fi network as well as bringing the internet into your home. Now, what this product offers is a combined speed of 5.3 gigabits per second across three onboard Wi-Fi bands. So you've got your built-in modem, you've got a dedicated gigabit wide area network port, four gigabit local area network ports, so if you can hardwire some stuff into this thing as well. Uh, it's also got this great design. It's got that similar aggressive design that Taipan had. It's got eight high-gain antennas. Those antennas help get you better Wi-Fi coverage and range and performance, helps you do all of that. And uh, builds on the Taipan modem router with the latest generation of MU-MIMO, which is multi-user, multiple input, multiple output, Wave 2 wireless support. So in other words, that means more devices it can still handle all those connections and keep you keep the quality of that connection. So if you're streaming 4K Netflix, playing online gaming, it's going to maintain those connections. But there is more. There's some great uh, technology built in here. So uh, you, you can there's there's a power zone coverage. So that's enough to reach every corner of your home. Uh, powered by a 1.8 gigahertz quad core processor as well. So it's powerful. So it can handle multiple people who are streaming 4K, uh, lag-free gaming, audio streaming, all throughout the house. Now, there's some smart technology built in as well because it automatically assigns your device to the best and clearest band that's available. So if you, it'll look at what you're doing. So say someone's just browsing the internet on an iPad and someone's playing an online game, it'll prioritize the game because it, kn- it knows it needs a faster connection. It'll prioritize that onto a band that can supply that kind of uh, performance and the other product w- won't notice a difference on another band. So it can do that in real time. It's also got intelligent traffic technology. So it uses QoS, quality of service engine, to select that fastest Wi-Fi for every device in your house. So 
that what that helps with is that if there are older devices in the house, and as each device is getting served, so all the packets are coming in through the network, the older devices can actually slow things down for even the brand new devices. But with this new QoS quality of service, that prevents those older devices from dragging down the speed of your connection. Very important. There's also uh, being 802.11ac, it has smart beam forming, so it can directly link to your product and then follow, track your devices as you move around your home or office uh, on your network. So uh, if you're streaming video, surfing the web, playing games, anywhere in your house, as you move, that performance won't, won't drop. So you'll have that consistency. Uh, from the browser-based dashboard, there's also parental control. So you can dive in the back, set up those as well. It does step you through uh, the, the setup process. It's really easy. And by the end of it, you would have changed the name of your network, put a new password, and made it your own. Really easy. On the back, you've got uh, two USB ports, a USB 3, USB 2 port. USB 3 port is so you can connect a media drive, so you want to share your files on a, on a network. USB 2 port, that's good enough for connecting a printer, so you can network a printer. Rather than uh, people having to connect with a cable to your printer, you can network your printer now with the uh, the at the D-Link Cobra. Uh, it is, I mentioned the step-by-step process of installing, very simple. And, uh, you know, a couple of things that, that I reckon could have been a little bit better. I think they may have had, could have had more Ethernet ports. Some of the rival products have six ports, not just four, like the Cobra, two more than what the Cobra has. So that's one thing. It's also pretty big. It's a big, it's, it's 40 centimetres at its widest point, so it needs a bit of a footprint unless you're mounting it on the wall. Uh, and it does have a large power brick. So it's got a, this little brick that connects to the power point and then a smaller cable to connect to the modem. So you've got to find room for that as well. So they're the couple of things we, we didn't like. But look, overall, this is a rocket. It can connect all of your, uh, your home products, your smart products, your lights, all those Internet of Things products and I think has the power and the performance to really suit the modern user. So if you're someone who's always streaming Netflix and doing all these kinds of things, playing games, this is the sort of product that's going to serve you well into the future. The D-Link Cobra, priced at 749 bucks. It ain't cheap, but it does give you everything you need. And I think our Wi-Fi connection, as I said, is so important. Our internet connection is so important that's a price people will be willing to pay for peace of mind. If you want to read our complete review, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. We're now going to talk about the Samsung Galaxy Tab A. Now, this is a device that is a, a tablet designed for the whole family to use. This is a brand-new product that's only just been announced this week. Uh, it's going to be available at JB Hi-Fi, Harvey Norman, Officeworks, uh, the, the good guys, all the usual places, Bing Lee, all of those stores, and is all going to be available through the Telco as well, Optus and Vodafone for the 4G models, uh, Telstra as well later in uh, December. But this is a device. It's the Galaxy Tab A 8.0. This is uh, it's been updated, so it's got a sleeker design. It's got a metal body, rounded edges, so it gives it a nice sleek, refined look, a little bit more sophisticated. It's got an eight-inch WXGA display, got a resolution of 1280 by 800, powered by a 1.4 gigahertz 
quad core processor so uh it's got uh, it's got the the performance there for you uh can be used for emails watching movies you give it to your kids to play games the whole family can use this you can use it for productivity two gig of ram under the hood 16 gig of internal memory but that can be expanded there is a memory card slot uh so you can go up to 256 gig if you want to pay for a memory card with that much capacity uh it does uh, also it's available in wi-fi only and 4g uh, it is available in black and silver. Has a five thousand milliamp hour battery that runs for fourteen hours on a single charge, which is great if you're out all day or on a flight or just out and about doing your stuff. Uh, the Galaxy Tab A eight point uh, It also has a few modes to suit the whole family. One of them is home mode to set up uh, so you can have three different displays. So for three different people, the multi-user mode can be set up for up to eight family members, with each having their favourite settings and apps on the device. So whoever logs in, it'll it'll be configured to how they set it up for themselves, including their apps. There's also parental control, so you can set limits on usage and uh, what your young ones can and can't see on the device. Kids mode, uh, if you want to turn on kids mode, it just puts all the fun apps and games on the screen uh, without it sort of hives it away from your valuable content so they can't go into your stuff and disturb what, you're, what you've done. It's got an 8 megapixel rear camera, 5 megapixel front camera, uh, and it has an improved camera user interface to help you capture those moments a little bit easier. Now, as I said, it's available in Wi-Fi and 4G and available from JB, Harvey Norman, the good guys, Officeworks and Bing Lee. Now, the price, 329 for the Wi-Fi, 479 for 4G, uh, and it's available now, Available the 4G available through Telstra later in December. But if you, want to, if you want to read more about the Samsung Galaxy Tab A 8.0, check it out, techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenning. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Now, you already know Arlo by Netgear, the worldwide leader in smart home security and creator of the world's first 100% wire-free, weatherproof HD security camera. Well, now you can get to know the new Arlo Pro with even more features, including two-way audio that allows you to talk to your kids, pets, or whoever's at your front door right from your smartphone. Arlo Pro has quick charge, rechargeable batteries, night vision, and light live on-demand streaming, and yes, it's still 100% wire-free and weatherproof, so you can easily monitor your entire property inside and out. Arlo Pro takes just a few minutes to set up so you can check in on your home or your business from anywhere using the free Arlo app on your phone, tablet, or computer. Know what's happening in real time with advanced motion detection and never miss a moment with a free cloud recordings for seven days. Visit arlo.com forward slash au for more info. Arlo and the new Arlo Pro by Netgear. Every angle covered. Answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. We've got a very special Tech Guide Help Desk today. We're going to run you through the 10 things that could be affecting your internet speed. Now, this is a story on Tech Guide, so if you, you can refer to the story on Tech Guide, but we're going to run through them really quick, starting right now. Number one, cable versus wireless. If you have the option of connecting your device with a cable or through Wi-Fi, cable will always win. Wi-Fi, you get a maximum of about 860 megabits per second. With a Cat6 cable, you're capable of 10 gigabits per second. So if there is a chance for you to connect your devices with a cable, take it. 
Now, if you're building a new house, my my advice would be run internet cable to every TV point in the house. So if you've got a TV connection in your lounge room, in your bedrooms, have internet cable connections everywhere so that you can then connect using hard wire back to your modem and then into the back of your TV, your gaming consoles. Really handy. You'll be a lot faster. Number two is your hardware. Now, you can blame the internet for a lot of things, but if you're using an older computer, an older laptop, an older mobile, it could be the slower processes that are slowing your connection down. So that's something to check in on. Number three, malware. If your computer's been infected, and look, we should have internet security software people, but there are cases where maybe someone's clicked on an attachment, there's malware and you're running on your computer. Uh, a type of malware is what they call spyware. That's designed to be sitting in the background and connecting to the internet uh, when it wants. So if you if it's connected to the internet without your knowledge, you could be actually hogging your bandwidth. So if you're running slow and you can't think of any other reason, there is a chance you may have some spyware. Run your internet security software and be careful when opening email attachments. Number four, the router. Now, this is similar to the devices. If you've got older devices with older processors, they're going to be a little bit slower. Same thing goes for routers. If you've got a router that's three or four years old, it could be time to think about buying a new one. Now, we did talk about the Cobra, the D-Link Cobra earlier. That, that could be a great choice. But check it out. If you haven't, if you've got a three, four-year-old modem, it could be, or a router, I should say, it could be slowing your connection down. Now, the old myth is that a new router could make the internet come into your house faster. It can't. What a modem can do is bring the internet into your home. The router can help create a better network so the stuff in your network travels around a lot faster. So update your router if it's more than three or four years old. Now, where you put your router, this is number five, router location can also have an effect. And we all know that Wi-Fi routers suffer when they've got to go through walls and doors and windows. So try to put your router in a central part of your home in an open area preferably so that way it can cover have more coverage in your home uh, if uh, that you can also use things like range extenders to make uh, some parts of your home uh, have better have better wi-fi quality or you can try a mesh network so there are products like netgear's orbi the links is developed google wi-fi so you can place two or three different modems different routers around the home and it will create this mesh network to give you better coverage number six the choice of your web browser could affect the speed now what i suggest is go to the sites you visit most often try it with safari google chrome firefox all the different browsers you may be surprised that some some browsers actually deliver a little faster than others so check that out as well number seven the host server when we visit sites on the internet we're actually logging into a host server so where every site is hosted by one of these servers now if that host server is underpowered not configured properly Properly, that could affect its speed. So it's not your fault at your end, it's their fault at their end. Number eight, your broadband connection. Now, this connection is provided by your internet service provider and it's the, depending on the type of connection you have will depend on the speed of your, of your internet. Cable is faster than ADSL. Uh, and there are various flavors of the NBN. There's fiber to the node, fiber to the curb, fiber to the premises, uh, all these different types of technology being used, HFC. So all these things that are there, some are faster than others, 
And it's it just comes down to where you live and what's available. Number nine, your operating system. Having a Mac or PC could make a difference. So check the speed of your operating system. Check that it's up to date as well. Whenever there's an update to do, it is a good idea to run it because not only does it increase security, it can also increase, increase efficiency. So make sure you have the latest version. Number 10, of course, network traffic. Now, uh, uh, the internet's like a highway. When there's a lot of traffic, everyone slows down. So when everyone's on the internet, it's not going to be as fast as when there's a few people on the internet. So just like uh, we we normally see a bit of a slowdown, after dinner, everyone's uh, finished dinner and sits down in front of the TV and everyone turns on Netflix, people will no doubt notice a little bit of a slowdown. Well, that's what happens. But... Yeah, that's another reason for you to have your routers in the right place uh, and and having a router that, like the D-Link Cobra, can give you different bands and allocate those bands in real time. So another reason for having an up-to-date, one of the latest modem routers so you can be have a connection at all times of the day or night. If you want to read that story and see the infographic that goes with it, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. And that is the end of our show for this week. You can read about everything that we've spoken about at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch, we'd love to hear from our, our listeners. Info at techguide.com.au or download voice bike, record, record your 15-second question or review or rant, whatever you want to say. Download VoiceBite and we'll play it on the Tech Guide podcast. We want to give a shout-out to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Thank you for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.